This episode is brought to you in part by Candorel. Coming soon, a luxury master-planned condominium community rising at the corner of Bathurst and St. Clair. Situated directly on the subway and streetcar line, a monument of architecture and interior design, a timeless expression of glamour and grace. Forêt Forest Hill. Register today at live at forêt.ca. That's live at f-o-r-e-t dot c-a. נשיא המדינה הנבחר, יצחק בוז'י הרצוג. אדוני ראש הממשלה, בנימין נתניהו. גברתי, נשיאת... That's what it sounded like a year ago on June 13, 2021, when Israel's new government was sworn in, with Naftali Bennett as prime minister at the head of a coalition with eight different parties, including an Arab party. Everyone thought this would bring an end to the reign of Benjamin Netanyahu after four quick elections in a row. Bennett vowed to bring stability to Israel and to get the country running smoothly again. But now it appears his coalition is facing its biggest crisis yet. This week it lost key votes on raising the minimum wage and extending Israeli law to the West Bank. Some political observers fear the Israeli government may not survive much past its one-year anniversary. You know that uh, someone told me once when I started uh, covering politics um, back in 1985 that the Israeli politics is an amusement park. And along the years, I found it's more like a Jurassic Park than an amusement park. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, June the 9th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Yaron Dekel is one of Israel's most respected journalists for the past 35 years. He ran Israel's army radio, Galeit Sahal. He's been a TV foreign correspondent and covered Israeli politics and international stories, including being based in Washington after 9-11. He also wrote a five-part TV documentary series called The Israelis. Dekel's recently been appointed to represent the Jewish agency here in Canada, and he's been traveling around the country talking about the current political situation in Israel. I had the chance to interview him in front of a live audience at the Israel-Canada Summit, in Ottawa, and it was actually our first ever live taping of the CJN Daily. So coming up, Dekel will make some predictions about what's likely to happen in the Knesset as Israel watchers hold their breaths on the eve of the first anniversary of the Bennett Coalition. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Aviva Klompis of Boundless, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. On the occasion of what would have been Anne Frank's 93rd birthday this coming weekend, dozens of senior high school students in Alberta will be taking part in a special one-day writer's workshop. The event's being inspired by Anne Frank's unique voice. Organizers say she was unafraid to share her voice with the world, writing every day in her diary, despite being hidden in an attic in Amsterdam before the family was betrayed and deported to Auschwitz. The conference is the brainchild of John Stobie and the Dutch-Canadian Club of Edmonton. They had a statue of Anne Frank erected in the city last summer, and their club is now collaborating with the Calgary and Edmonton Public Libraries for a day-long event. The students are encouraged to submit what they write to an anthology that will be published at a later date. There is still room to register, and you don't have to live in Alberta because it's being held online. So if you want to register, the link is in our show notes. It's for students in grades 10 and 11. And now here's Yaron Dekel with me, taped live at the Delta Hotel in Ottawa. 
You mentioned the government, so let's jump right in, uh, turning now to the, the, the stability um, and the, the crisis of the Bennett government. One stability? Is in, one is out, one we resigned. Don't, we don't know the word back. stability yeah, in, when you look in, in the dictionary, Israeli you politics. You don't see that word beside That's a the, new word yeah, for me, exactly, stability. Exactly. But of course, we're all wondering what is happening, uh, what are the chances the coalition survives till its first anniversary? This is a very interesting government. You know, uh, we are living in a, a time when politics becomes more and more personal. So this government was created uh, after four rounds of uh, constant, uh, con ongoing elections in Israel, which is not healthy to any democracy, to feel a little bit like Italy uh, in the 80s and 90s. And this government was formed to change the uh, long-term service of, um, of Mr. Netanyahu, who is now the leader of the, uh, of the opposition. Uh, the government lost the majority. It has only 60 supporters out of uh, 120. But as we know from other nations, minority government can govern. So it can govern as long as there is no majority either to turn it down on an unconfidence vote and according to the Israeli law, to turn down a government in an unconfidence vote, you need an alternative government. It, it's copied from the German system. Like when Helmut Kohl dissolved the government of Helmut Schmidt in 1982, he became a chancellor of Germany with no elections. So it could happen again in Israel if there is an alternative government. We can't see a scenario that the Likud party and the United Arab party will agree on an alternative government with Mr. Netanyahu as the head of the government. The other option is having uh, uh, passing the law, the bill for early elections, which Israel has done many, many years. The last time the elections took place on time, can you guess when was it? No, sorry. 1988. 1988, November the 1st, was the last time Israel held elections on time. Since, ever since, the parliament dissolved itself, and it has to be a, a law. At the moment, there is no majority for such uh, an early election move, due to the fact that two reasons. One, this government will not be in power anymore. Uh, um, all, the, all the polls show that the Likud is going to lead again uh, with an option maybe to form a right-wing government. It's very close. The last polls show 60 for a right-wing government. It's not enough again. And secondly, I believe, uh, covering the Israeli politics for many years, that one of the reasons the parliament doesn't dissolve itself because one-third of its members know that they will not be back. So it's a kind of a political committing suicide. And not many want to push the button which will take them out and never come back. So as long as there is no majority to turn the government down or to go for early elections, this government will continue to govern in a very limited power because all the uh, um, laws will need a majority, and they don't have a majority, so to pass the law is very, any law, a new law, new bills, are, is very difficult. The trigger, the, the major event is March 31st, 
when they have to pass the budget. Sorry. December 31st, they have to pass the December budget. December 31st. Yes. And if they don't pass the budget, after three months, there are elections. Uh, and the parliament doesn't have to do anything. It just let the time passes. And then there are elections uh, in June 2023. It's a long time from now. Thank you, Yaron, for this great introduction. Um, and got us started. You got us started thinking about and putting ourselves into this mindset. So we'll open it up to the floor. Uh, please go ahead, say your name, and, and, and go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm David Reutenberg uh, with Merkaz Canada. Um, thank you. <laughs> so, so my question is uh, to do with... Uh, Israeli politics. Louder? Okay, sorry. Um, it, it seems pretty clear from, from the outcome of, of all of the last four elections that uh, if it weren't for Mr. Netanyahu, it would be very easy to form a uh, majority government uh, that would be around a right-wing platform, you know, a, an expansionist and uh, uh, perhaps aggressive on defense, a, a bunch of issues that these people all agree on. But for some reason, um, it seems like keeping Mr. Netanyahu as the head of Likud is more important than putting together a government that could actually implement a right-wing program. So the question is, why, what, what hold does Mr. Netanyahu have on the party? And is that likely to change anytime soon? It's a very good question. Um, if you want a, a, a party to be democratic, uh, you have to respect the, uh, the decision of the voters of the party and the voters of the party at the moment. It seems likely they are not going to replace Mr. Netanyahu. And I would say that the history uh, of Israel shows that usually a party doesn't replace the head of the party when he is in power, when he's a prime minister. And the Likud never dismiss, never decided to get rid of the head of the party, and Netanyahu is only the fourth. We had uh, Begin, Shamir, Sharon, and Netanyahu. Uh, none of them was replaced only by his own willing. Sharon was, was sick, so, uh, and he departed from the party before. But uh, no one of the Likud party, whenever they wanted to continue, the party decided that uh, he will be able, even if the political situation, I remember Shamir, Prime Minister Shamir, late Prime Minister Shamir, 1992, it was quite clear according to the polls that the Likud is going to lose the elections under the leadership of Mr. Shamir. And the party said we will continue with the Prime Minister, we will not dismiss the Prime Minister and he will continue, so we might serve at the opposition if we stick to our leader. Now, how long Mr. Netanyahu going to be in, uh, in politics? Um, there was a negotiation in the past about uh, regarding a deal in court, because we know that there is a trial for Mr. Netanyahu. Uh, so far, he said he's willing to continue. And uh, I have no idea how long he's going to continue. I know that uh, he's 72 years old. His father passed away at That's the age of 102, exactly. so it means that uh, 30 years, maybe only 30 years exactly. for age Mr. Netanyahu for, uh, in the future to be a politician. Thank you. Special thanks go out to the Israeli Embassy in Ottawa and Ellie Lipschitz for the audio. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. 
integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Donna bernardo Ceres of the Ontario Jewish Archives in Toronto. And we'll end the episode and the week with a clip from an upcoming show about a ceremony to honor the Kaplan family that built the first movie theaters in Val d'Or, Quebec. The Capitol Theater began construction in 1936 when Burlamag was a bustling mining camp of 2,500 residents. The theater was built by Kaplan Brothers of Kirkland Lake, Ontario, and in January 1937, it was officially opened by Abraham, one of the brothers. Cappy, as he was known to most, managed the theater and lived in an upstairs apartment with his wife, Belle, and their children, Judith, Cheryl, and Stephen. The theater had 662 seats, an orchestra pit, and change rooms. <music>